This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. Many people now realizing that William Branham was not quite truthful about the mystery cloud that was over Arizona have made their decision by studying one of the many untruthful statements about the event or by the timelines that do not add up to Branham's account. Yes, he was in Houston, Texas to gather enough signatures for a petition to request clemency from the governor for the stepson of the photographer who knew that the Houston Coliseum had overhead lighting. Hardcore cult followers will discredit this by saying, well, what if he went hunting, then went to Houston, and then went hunting again? Even though hunting season and William Branham's own words do not allow this. Others notice that he inserts angels into the story, and that the angels change from five to seven to match the seven seals that he claims to have opened. Some even notice that each mystery is strikingly similar, even word for word, from the works of Clarence Larkin. Still others notice that he describes a pyramid constellation instead of a cloud, or that he describes a location far from that cloud, or that the time of the day was wrong, the number of witnesses grows like mating bunny rabbits, or that he ties the Alaskan earthquake into the event. Some notice that he combines different events from northern Arizona to southern Arizona, that the story of the location of the angels that he seems to have met in Arizona under the cloud, who told him this mystery, uh, has changed from the meeting him in Arizona in the little room. But most truth seekers, and almost all followers, have overlooked the worst problem of all the reason behind the sermons, and the mystery of the seven seals themselves. To Branham's strategy, the first six seals themselves are inconsequential. In his theology, they were applied to days gone by while he was supposed to be the seventh angel, the one who sounded the seventh trumpet. 
The first six seals are practically line by line from Clarence Larkin's Dispensational Truth and tied to the seven church ages of Revelation. But that seventh angel, whoa, he was something different. Branham says this, And did you notice that one angel? I said in there was a strange angel. He looked to me to be more than the rest of them. Because he claimed to be the seventh angel, of course. You remember that? They were in a constellation. Three on a side and one on the top. It was a pyramid. Masonic pyramid. And the, next, the one right next to me here, counting from the left to right, would have been the seventh angel. He was brighter. Meant more than the rest of them. You remember? I said, had his chest out like that. and He was flying eastward. He says, you remember that. He wanted people to focus on the seventh angel because, oh, he was something special. You see, Branham knew that his followers had become so caught up in his myths that he could tell them practically anything he wanted to about the seventh seal. He could tell them whatever he wanted, and they would believe it. Some have said that he did not think this plan out very well before he started combining all these stories and giving facts that could be easily proven false. But I'm going to present to you a different argument. In my opinion, he did think this out very well. Extremely well. The problematic subpoints do not even matter because they were all bits and pieces part of a far greater and far more devious scheme. Branham was preaching Revelations 8 through 9, and he knew that he had to be in a place that had all the natural elements of this story. The book of Revelation describes thunder and rumblings and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. The angels themselves are described as stars, which matches Branham's first telling of the story, the constellation. Though it doesn't really match how the story changed over time into a mystery cloud that looks like the form of the face of Jesus Christ, according to Branham. He and his followers overlook the fact that no one, no one, was worthy in heaven or on earth to open the seals except for the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Why? Because he promoted himself to be Christ in word form. Thus the name, voice of God recordings and spoken word. Trying to make this equal with Jesus Christ. Branham emphasizes the fact several times throughout the seal sermons that Jesus was a prophet. He emphasizes more that he was a prophet than he does that he was the Son of God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. But you see, all of this was leading up to one final sermon. The one that would set his ministry apart from the rest. The seventh seal. In the original publication of the recording, William Branham mischievously cut a portion out of the tape. He mis mischievously cut a portion out, snipped it out, and replaced it with another recording. 
think of that. Those that were purchasing these recordings, who even followed the cult, believing that they were receiving spiritual food, were receiving nothing more than a fake. Was this really the voice of God? Would God hide His voice from His humble children? Or was William Branham hiding something from those who actually read their Bibles? In the portion of the recording that William Branham hid from his followers around the world, Branham claims to have been told the mystery of the seventh seal. It was a great mystery because very little is mentioned about this in the Bible. Something that was so great that when the angel spoke, the seven thunders themselves also spoke. A voice from the heaven told John not to write what had been spoken. And the famous verse that every Branham cult follower will recognize is written describing this event. <clears throat> the Bible says, And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever, who created the heaven and what is in it, and the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, that there will be no more delay. But in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced, think of the word announced, past tense, to his servants, the prophets. Though it had long been forgotten, though many don't talk about this anymore, William Branham claimed to know exactly what was hidden underneath that scroll of the seventh seal. The seal that only Jesus Christ, the Lamb, could open. And those following William Branham claimed that he opened it, not Christ. In the portion of the recording that William Branham cut out and replaced with a fake, he claimed that the seventh angel told him about the third pool ministry. He describes this as a fisherman pulling in a hook into a fish's mouth and jerking it three times, and on the third he reeled the fish in. And the congregation bought it hook, line, and sinker. Towards the end of the story, the original story, not the one that he replaced with the fake, but the original one, every follower who purchased this did not get that portion. So how would they know to prepare themselves for this third pool if this was actually what was written behind the, behind the scroll of the seventh seal? Can you imagine John opening up the, the scroll and underneath this great seal, well, there's this guy going to come and he's going to talk about antlers and egg-shaped chariots and, oh, you better not write that. William Branham, he describes the, the angel's story. He says in the seventh seal, he says, And then he just picked me up, and he took me away to some high where, some high to where a meeting was going on. And it looked like a tent or a cathedral of some sort. And I looked, and there was a little box-like, little place over on the side. And I seen that light was talking to somebody above me. That light that you see there in the picture. 
the lights of the Houston Coliseum. And I seen that light was talking to somebody above me. It whirled away from me like that and went over to the, that tent. Those of you who deny the tent ministry, think of that. Your tent was behind that seventh seal. <laughs> so if you deny it, you're denying what was written behind the seventh seal. Went over to that tent to meet you and said, that'll be the third pool. And you won't tell it to nobody. And then in Sabino Canyon, he said, this is the third pool. Those of you who think he's coming back to do the third pool because he's dead and gone, you're denying this one verse, or this one <laughs> verse, this one line by William Branham. He says, this is the third pool. This is what the angel told him was written in that seal. Again, picture John opening up that scroll. Huh, there's going to be a tent. Even though that there's nice air-conditioned buildings everywhere, those, those folks are going to go to a tent and listen to a guy who talks about egg-shaped cars. He says, there's one thing that I cannot interpret because it's in an unknown, unknown language, but I was standing right there, looked straight at me, and this is the reason the third pool coming up, and the Holy Spirit, oh my, that's the reason that heaven was silent, <laughs> because he's going to have a tent. <clears throat> he goes on and he reads Revelation 10, 1 through 7, which we, we've just read a portion of. But this, my friends, is idolatry. To take the seventh seal, the greatest event that is ever to happen in the history of the entire earth, and then apply it to yourself, applying it to a ministry of a man who enjoys telling tall tales and who reeks with false prophecy. Branham knew that his following had tossed their Bibles aside. They would rather listen to his fabricated stories that we all know aren't true. They'd rather listen to these myths. He knew that they would never continue on to the next chapter of the book of Revelation that describe what actually happens when the seventh angel sounds his trumpet. Or likely he was planning to fabricate more stories to the point where it applied that portion to him and his ministry also. Revelation says, 11, chapter 11, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world and the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and began to reign. Now, this false prophet has already sounded his trumpet, and he's dead and gone. Do we see the Lord reigning? The nations raged, but your wrath came in the time for the dead to be judged, for rewarding your servants and the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. I don't see any of this happening around me, and he's already sounded his trumpet and he's gone. Then in God's temple in heaven was open, and the Ark of the Covenant 
was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning and rumblings, peals of thunder and an earthquake and heavy hail. Do you see what the thunder and the lightning and the earthquake really mean? This is the coming king. This is not the coming humble prophet who tells stories about egg-shaped cars. This is God. This is the time when God comes down to reign as king. Not whenever some cult false prophet rises to be cult leader. So many people have forgotten the letters that Paul wrote, specifically 2 Thessalonians 2. He says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now Paul is writing of exactly what the seventh angel is supposed to sound with his trumpet. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together with him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit. What did William Branham claim to have on the platform with him? A spirit. But this is interesting. Either by a spirit or spoken word. Did Paul know the name of the organization that would start? Either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Now he's speaking against William Branham directly here. Because when that seventh angel sounds his trumpet, the Lord has come. Think of that. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Do we see the man of lawlessness? Paul calls him the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself against every god or every form of worship so that he takes a seat in the temple of God proclaiming himself to be God. Now unless we're speaking of William Branham raising himself up in his temple, I don't see this either. Likely Paul is talking about the temple in Jerusalem. But I'm not seeing any of this happening in the world around us, yet the seventh angel, if he is one, has already sounded his trumpet and got smacked by a car and is laying in a grave. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus Christ will kill with the breath of his mouth. Actually does sound a little bit like Branham, or maybe the spirit that drove him. And bring nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan. By the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. Think of the signs and wonders that are associated with this lying prophet. Many people will say, yeah, we know he lied, but... It's okay because he had the healing. That's exactly what Paul warns us against. He says that he comes with wicked deception for those who are perishing 
because they refuse to love the truth and also be saved. Now, this is exactly what we have. We have wicked deception. We have a man who claims that a supernatural photograph was sent to Washington, D.C. to be confirmed. And we find out it was sent to Washington, D.C. to be copyrighted so he could have some money. We find that he lied about his age, about his birth date, about his spiritual events, about the cloud, about the halo. I don't have enough fingers to tell you the lies that he told. And believers know this, but they don't care because they refuse to love the truth. Therefore, according to Paul, therefore God sends them a strong delusion. Think of that. They, they love the, the false prophet. They love these false signs and wonders so much that God sends them a, a delusion. Get away from me. He sends them a delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Cult pastors, you know William Branham's myths are incorrect. You've spoken about them behind your pulpits. You know that the people still believe in them, believing a delusion, and yet you allow this to continue. You know that the seventh seal that Branham preached, not the one that he mischievously snipped together, I'm talking about the original one that he hid from the people. You know that that pointed to his own ministry and not the time when we see the Ark of the Covenant and the King coming down to his temple. You know this. You know that William Branham proclaimed himself to be the mystery behind the seventh seal, which is essentially proclaiming himself to be God. Have you decided also to believe this delusion? knowing that it's just that. Have you became so amazed by the lies, so caught up in the signs and wonders, that you deny the truth that is written in the Word of God? Are you too scared to flip to the next chapter and read what is truth? Where is the seventh age messenger now? The one that's going to bring us the third pool that hasn't happened yet. Where is he? Do you have to inject another rapture before the rapture to make this false seal come true? Or do you just want to live the lie and not to distort anything else further in the Bible? just to make sense of this false prophet, let's just let it go as it is because it's okay. I can go along and I can get a little paycheck. Have you became part of the delusion? Is God working through you to send a delusion to these people? That's the question I'm asking. 